blessed assurance. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about Jesus to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message by Pastor Andrew Mutan. And washed in his blood. And then the Bible talks about Mary. So it says Mary took a pound of ointment, of pure liquid, a rare perfume. It was very expensive. She broke it. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped the feet with her hair. So I want us, I mean, I'm still trying to paint this picture for us. Jesus has come. He's in this house. And then Martha is serving. But there is someone, and this is Mary. Mary decides to get this very expensive perfume. When you read in other versions, they say it was worth one year's wages. Something, she's her savings for a whole year. She gets the perfume, goes and buys perfume, breaks it, and pours it on the feet of Jesus. And begins to worship. And this touched Jesus. You don't see it here. But in another, in another uh, uh, gospel, the Bible says, people try to stop her and just say, don't stop her. There is something about worship that helps you stay focused on Jesus. And worship is not just a song. Worship is not raising your hands. All those are just part of worship. But real worship is sacrifice. It is giving your body. It's giving everything you have and laying it before God. David said when he was talking to a king called, I mean to a, to a, to a man called Arauna, David was the king and he wanted to offer God a sacrifice. And, and Arauna said, I will give you, I'll give you for free everything that you need for the sacrifice. But David said, I will not offer to God any sacrifice that costs me nothing. We are living at a time when people want a gospel of convenience. When people just want to come to church when it is convenient, when it is easy, people want to be saved because it is a good thing to be saved. People want to worship God because it looks good, everything looks okay. But God is calling us to another place. To a place of worshiping out of sacrifice. 
even when it is not convenient, you say, I will still praise the Lord. I will still rejoice in the Lord. I mean, I like what Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. He says, even if the fig tree does not bud, even if the olive tree has no olives, even if there are no herds in the store and there are no fields, you know, even if everything is not going as I expected to be, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I know everything may not be going the way you expect it to be. But let that not determine your worship. True worship is the worship that is given out of sacrifice. Out of sacrifice. And, and we must know that first of all, before anything else, we are worshippers. Before I'm a preacher, I'm a worshiper. Before I'm, 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 I'm anything else, I'm a worshiper. Because that is the only thing we're going to do in heaven. There's not going to be any preaching in heaven. There's not going to be any, any, anything else praying in heaven. There will be no need to pray. The only thing we will do in heaven is to behold his glory and to worship him. And so, one of the things that we must focus on is to be like Mary when we are in the presence of God to worship without reservation hallelujah and, 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 and sometimes true worship comes out of deep pain it seems like the, the more you have gone through the deeper is your worship the more your pain, the greater is your worship. And so, you don't have to worship just like your neighbor is worshiping. Because they don't know what you've been through. They could see you jumping and praising God and raising your hands. And they would be like that wife, Michael, of, um, of, of, of David, who said, Why, how can the king, you know, embarrass himself like this but David said when even before I came to your father's throne I'm worshiping this God who has given me access praise the Lord oh hallelujah I pray that there will be people in this place who choose to be like Mary to break she broke the alabaster box she broke the most expensive thing she had and she poured it at the feet of Jesus and begin to, began to worship. I want to begin with that because that is the right focus. That is the right focus. But we're going to see four other people who are in the same place. But they are following Jesus for a totally different reason. And as long as you get distracted, you get sidetracked, it will be hard for you to stand the test of time. And the first person that we see here is Judas. Let's go back. Judas, John chapter 12. Let's go back to that scripture. The Bible talks about Judas. So, Mary has just poured this oil. Verse 4. The Bible says what? But Judas Iscariot, one of his... So, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who is following... 
Jesus. So he is one of Jesus' disciples. The Bible says the one who was going to betray him. At that time, of course, nobody knew. So John actually wrote this after. He says this. Let's go on verse 5. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? This is a very expensive perfume. Remember, it is a whole year's, first, first on verse 5, a whole year's. So Judas is calculating how much this, how many poor people would have been helped by selling this perfume. I mean, if, if you are listening to Judas, you would feel, man, this guy has a heart for the poor. He is, what, what he's saying is very reasonable. This woman has just broken the perfume. Something so expensive. Something so precious. He has just broken it and is just worshipping Jesus. He, he, this, this woman could have worshipped Jesus without breaking the perfume. Why is she extravagant on Jesus? But the Bible says, verse 6, now this is the real, real focus. Now he said this, not because he cared for the poor. That shows me that not everybody who is in ministry is in ministry because they love Jesus. Because they love the poor. Because they love to serve God. Some could be in it. For their own belly. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, I think the book of Ephesians, that there are those whose God is their belly. Someone touch your belly and say, never be my God in Jesus' name. <laughs> can you imagine this stomach can become your belly? You're, you're serving God for you, which basically means for what you will get, what is in it for you. He never cared about them, but because he was a thief, can you be a disciple and be a thief? Well, there's one here. And since he had the money box serving as a treasure for the 12 disciples, he used to pilfer what was put in it. <laughs> this man doesn't even fear Jesus. People put money, whatever is there, he gets some of it. One of the things that can move our focus from Jesus is a spirit of mammon. The love of money. Greed. And there are so many that started off so well. They love God. They fear God. They have a passion for God. But somewhere along the way, Mesha, as some people call it, Pesa becomes the thing that drives them away from God. Jesus Christ, when he was talking about serving him, he did not talk about other things. He says you cannot serve God and money. That means either you're serving God or you're serving money. God is calling his church to a place of being circumcised of the spirit of greed. 
I don't know if Mr. Joel is going to say many amens, but I'm okay with that. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. The Bible says this. First Timothy 6 and verse 10. I'm trying to get it very quickly, but if you can find it for me. It says, um, yes, for the love of money, that is the greedy desire for it, and the willingness to gain it unethically is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wondered. Someone say wonder. They have wandered away. They have walked away from the faith. And they have pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. Money is very good. Money is important. There's nobody else, no, nobody here who can do without money. We preach because we have used money, you know, to buy even just the equipment to pay for this place. Money, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, is an answer to all things. So money itself is just a medium that we use. And I pray that God blesses us with so much money. Hey, you should have said amen. I know that is a good... Okay. I have not said that, you, that God blesses you with, 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 with the love of money. No, no, no. With so much money. You need to be blessed. You need to be prosperous for you to accomplish what God has called you to do. And you can be, you can have a lot of money without loving it. You can have a lot of money, but just know that you're a channel. Now, before I even continue, let me give you three things that God wants, why God wants to bless you with money. Number one, God wants to bless you with money that you may bless others. You cannot give others what you don't have. There's no way Mary would have broken this jar of expensive perfume unless she had the money to buy it in the first place. So there's no way she could have offered it unless she had it. And so God is going to bless you that you may be a blessing to others. Someone say amen. If you don't want that blessing, I receive it in Jesus' name. God is going to bless you. Number two, God is going to bless you that he may establish his covenant through you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 says, I am the God who gives you the power to obtain wealth that I may establish my covenant as I promised to your ancestors. So there are things that God wants to accomplish in the earth and for him to do them, he has to bless you. Amen? So God wants to establish his kingdom and so because of that, he's going to make you prosperous. So prosperity is the purpose of God. In fact, when you see almost all the people in the scriptures that walked with God, God prospered them. I mean, you could look from Abraham, you go to Jacob, you go to, to Isaac, you go even to Job, because we talk about the story of Job, but we, we sometimes we forget his end. David, or everybody that pleased God, God blessed them, and not with, with little, with so much. 
So it is the purpose of God that God would, even Jesus himself, sometimes people say, oh, Jesus didn't have anything. That is not scripture. Because the Bible says when he was a baby, what did he receive? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't know how much gold it was because the Bible does not tell us how many wise men there were. Some people say it is three wise men. It is not written in the Bible. It could have been 20. It could have been 30 wise men who came. But when they came, they brought three kinds of gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't know the value of that gold. But I believe God had already provided for everything Jesus would need while on earth. And everything you need, God has already provided for it. So number one, God wants you to be a blessing. Number two, God wants to establish his covenant. Number three, God is going to bless you financially because it is part of the covenant promise. He told Abraham, he said, through you all the seed of the earth shall be blessed. So as God blesses you with wealth and with resources and with finances and blesses me, what we always have to watch out for is attaching the attachment to money. The, the, the attachment to possessions, the, the desire, the greed. Because greed causes us to do anything to get money, whether it pleases God or not. We're living at a time when people can even use the name of God to lie, to manipulate, and do all kinds of things just so they can get more money. Someone would probably even walk in a church like this and what they're seeing is money. And they will see how you're dressed and think about how much you give. The love of money is the root of all evil. So Judas is following Jesus. Can you imagine? He's seeing all these miracles that Jesus is doing. He's seeing all the signs Jesus is doing. Yet he is possessed by a spirit of greed. That means it doesn't matter how much you pray. You can pray so much and yet be greedy. Are we together? And there are people who can spend hours in prayer. But all they, all they want is to, 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 to use the power of God to get more, more money. Because once that spirit grips you, it blinds you. Now everything you see, you see money. You see people, you see money. You see a meeting, you see money. Everything you see is money. I pray in the name of just that God delivers us. Someone say that every spirit of greed... I bind you in the name of Jesus. Live my life. Now, how do, you, how do you get delivered from greed? You learn how to give. Amen? The only way you can be delivered from greed is give. You know, Jesus Christ was speaking to the Pharisees and told them, you tell people to give of mint and all these things, uh, but you do not and he says at least you would have tithe and also do these other things so in other words the tithe is actually just the the minimum it is it is the basic it is what you it's at least what you can do but the real giving is beyond even tithe 
it's beyond even the offering it is understanding that in the new covenant it is not even about the percentage it is knowing how to obey the holy spirit concerning giving the more you give the more god will bless you i wish i wish i could help if you want to keep your focus on God and not on money, let money never be an idol. Be ready to release it. Every time God tells you, you release it, you release it, you release it. And the more you release it, the more your heart will not be after money. And the more God will give you more. I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of how I've seen God's blessing when I learned this key of giving. Tell your neighbor, my focus will stay on Jesus. Money will never be my focus. I will only use money as a tool. I will not serve money. Say, God, help me. The love of money is the root of all. Bible says, Psalm have wandered because of that love they have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many evils and that was judas judas walked with god god in the flesh but his heart was after money let's go on john chapter 12 let's go back there that's the first thing god wants us to watch out for before we leave that scripture, I want us to go to the book of Luke. Just go to the book of Luke. Jesus Christ is also speaking to some people here. And uh, he's talking about the same thing, talking about money, the love of Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Luke 12 and verse 15. Then he said to them, watch and guard yourself against every form of greed. For not even when one has an overflowing abundance does his life consist of, nor is it derived from his possessions. Let's get another version. Uh, the King James says, beware of covetousness, because a man's life does not consist in the possessions. I found out that you can be greedy when you are poor and you can be greedy when you are rich. It depends on how you attach yourself to the things that you have. And sometimes it is that attachment that stops God from blessing you with more. Someone can be so proud just having a bicycle. And someone can be so proud having so many cars. It is the same thing. It's the same spirit of greed. So just says beware because man's life does not consist in the abundance. It is not your happiness. Your life is not going to be determined by how much things you have. Happiness and joy comes from only one man and that name is called Jesus. Now God is going to bless you to have enough so that you have a life that is comfortable and even not just comfortable but you can also do work for the kingdom of God. 
One of the things that amazed me, I remember when I was here, um, I shared, you know, how God had spoken to me. We had built a stage. It took so much. Took so much to build that stage. Sometimes I would even fuliza just to get money to pay for the labor. Mama and boy knows we're doing it at her place. I would try to look for money and, and I just knew it was time. God was telling me it's ready. I mean, get ready, get ready, get ready. It is time. So we built this stage. It's a big stage. We also put the, the canopy. We're going to be using it for crusades. And as soon as we finished building that stage, I got a witness in my spirit. There's going to be a release of, of, of resources now to get the sound, the equipment. In my understanding, I'm like, God, where is this money going to come from? Because the kind of equipment that I was thinking about costs more than a million Kenya shillings. But I remember the last Sunday I stood here. I don't even know how I found myself speaking that word. I just said, now that you have finished the stage, you are getting speakers. How many of you remember that word? So I just declared it. And God is amazing. In one of the meetings I was doing, God used one person to give money to buy all that equipment. As I speak right now, it has already been bought. It is just waiting to be shipped to come here. Now, that is the kind of blessing. Someone who is willing to hear God. I didn't even, that day I had not even talked about the equipment. But God knew. Now let me, let me tell you something. Because this, this, this will amaze you. Before I left, and, and it's all connected to prayer. It's all connected to hearing God. It's all connecting to being in tune with the Holy Spirit. I kept hearing a name of a particular church. And, and I said, I don't know anyone from this church. I don't know. I thought perhaps God wants me to go to that church, meet the pastor, you know, talk to the pastor. I didn't know. So I kept hearing the name of every time I'm in prayer, I keep hearing the name of that church. So I asked some of my friends who live near that church, I said, do you know anyone from this church? Do you know the pastor? Because I keep hearing this name. I don't know why. Nobody knew anyone from that church. Nobody knew any pastor from that church. So I, I kept saying, well, I don't know. I, I just know I keep hearing this. Maybe God wants me to pray for the church. After this particular person wrote this check for, for, this, for this huge amount of money that was able to pay for this equipment, I reached out to them and I just asked them, by the way, what church do you go to? And guess which church they go to? The same church God had been telling me all along. That shows me that even before I left, God had already prepared. I did not know. This person did not know. We did not know, but God already knew whoever was going to give was coming from this church. Everything you need, God has already provided. What you need is to keep your eyes on Jesus. I don't know who I'm preaching to. As long as your focus is on Jesus Christ, as long as you're looking to Jesus, you're not looking for the money. As long as you are seeking Jesus, that's what Jesus Christ said. Don't be like the heathen who are worried about what they will wear, what they will eat, where they will go. Says Matthew 6:33. But as for you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all he just called them things. All these 
So those things could be cars and houses and lands and, 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 and shoes. And says all these will just be added. They're an addition. Oh, hallelujah. But unfortunately, we spend our days looking for things. Fighting for things. People even kill for things. They hate each other for things. They, 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 they come to church. People, I mean, you will be surprised how many people are in church, but their focus is not even on the gospel. It is just that like Judas. They are looking at things, teaching the gospel. Now they have walked away from the gospel and they're singing secular because of money. There are people who know the, the greatness of our God, the power of our God, but they have compromised, they have given in to sin, to immorality, to all kinds of things because they want money. Let me tell you something. Everything you need, God will give it to you, but he's going to test your heart first. He's going to see if your heart is after these things or after him, if you're seeking him or seeking what he can give you. But I pray in the name of Jesus that when God searches my heart, when God searches your heart, he will find a heart that is saying, God, I will serve you with the money or without the money. I will serve you when everything is good and when everything is not good. I will walk after you. I will seek after you and whatever you give me I'm going to be a channel do you know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea <laughs> the Dead Sea is so dead they say even people like me who don't know how to swim you cannot drown it people just sleep on it it is dead it is it is the most salty place in the world it is a, a sea that is dead. Why? Because it has no outlet. All the water that comes in, it just contains them. I pray none of us will be a dead sea. That we will be a channel. Whatever God gives you, you're ready to release it. As long as you do that, spirit of mammon will never catch you. I say it will never catch you. God will just keep lifting you from one level of glory to another. God will favor you. God will cause even things you have not prayed for to come to you. As long as you stay your heart. Oh, the spirit of Judas. And that spirit is still here. You know, spirits don't die. That spirit that possessed Judas is still around. And it is still in church. But I pray in the name of Jesus, it will not catch you. We cast it out of impact church in Jesus' name. Let's move on. Let's continue. I probably finish, finish the, other, the other two people, but I'm going to talk about two people here. The first one is, is that spirit of mammon. So let's go on verse 7. The Bible says what? So Jesus says, leave her alone that she may keep the rest of it for the day of my burial. So God, Jesus says, leave this woman alone. Talking to, to Judas. Let's keep going. Says the poor you always have with you, but you shall not you shall not have me always. Keep going, keep going. So a large crowd. So there's the second group of people. This is a what? A large crowd, they learned that Jesus was there. Listen to this very well. They came not only to see Jesus but 
to see these are people who are not looking for Jesus their focus is the miracle there are a lot of people who are running to Jesus not because of what of who he is but because of what he can do I believe in miracles. I have seen so many miracles. One of the churches that I visited, I was amazed. They brought two, two children for me to dedicate. And I had even forgotten about one of the families. The family told me, Pastor, when you were here seven years ago, you prayed for us who could not have a baby. This is the child that God brought, gave, us, gave to us. Please dedicate him. Amen. Another family also comes to me. Uh, and they said, this, the last time you were here, three years ago, you prayed for us. We did not have a baby. This is baby Zach. Please dedicate the baby. Our God is a miracle-working God. I have seen all kinds of miracles. And, and I pray that you will see many miracles. But may our focus never be on miracles. Because miracles are powerful. They help people to believe. But miracles do not change Judas. And it is very easy to, to follow Jesus just because of the miracles. I pray that your focus, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Not on the miracles. But they came to see Lazarus. They came that they may see Lazarus. There is something that whenever I read it in Psalms 103 and verse 7, every time I read that verse, I begin to, you know, it, it, I examine my heart. I say, God, help me that I may not just know your hand but I may know your ways. Because it is very easy to be in church, even perform miracles. I have known people that God uses to do miracles, and yet they're not living with God. There's time I went for a certain mission somewhere with a certain man of God, but I will not mention names, but he was a great servant of God. This was not someone from Africa. He was someone from the U.S. But if I mention the name, you probably even know him because he's part of a great, great ministry that is world, world known. known. And God would use this man in great miracles, healings. You know, people would, you know, he just had this amazing anointing for healing but every time, and, and I'm not saying something that I heard of. This is something that I saw because we were ministering together on the same platform. Somewhere in a nation in Asia. But every time he would finish ministry, after all the miracles, he would go and drink and drink like a fish. And he would get drunk and even start saying, you know, the words that will now come out of his mouth, you can't even believe the same preacher. 
But the next day he stands on that pulpit and miracles will happen. So miracles are not a validation that God is with someone. God can give you his power but take his presence from you. Because he doesn't, he doesn't, his gifts are without repentance. Once he gives you the gifts, you will stay with them. But I would rather stay with the presence. I, I want the presence. He told the, he told the Israelites when he was going to the, take them the promise and he said, you people are stiff-necked, stiff-necked. You know, I will not go with you. I'll just send an angel. The angel will smite the enemies before you. The angel will do great wonders for you. But I will not go with you. But Moses cried out because he says, God, if you're not going with us, we will not leave this place. In other words, we just don't want to see the miracles. We just don't want to see the breakthroughs. We just don't want to see victory over our enemies. We want your presence. It is your presence that we desire. It is not a big church we're looking for. It is not big numbers we're looking for. It is not fame we're looking for. It is not being known that we're looking for. What we need is the presence of God. And whatever it takes for us to maintain the presence that is what we desire not just the miracles the reason people are being deceived in the last days is because people are looking for signs and wonders and manifestations but even the devil does signs in the land of egypt when moses threw down the snake magicians also made snakes so just because someone does miracles doesn't mean they're with god just because someone has accurate prophetic word of knowledge doesn't mean they're from God. It could be a divination spirit. It could be a familiar spirit. It is not what God is doing that you should look for. But these people were focused on Lazarus. Psalms 103 says, God made his ways known to Moses. <laughs> but to the children of Israel, all he made known to them were his acts. So it's up to you. Do you want to know his ways or do you want to know his acts? You could know his acts without knowing his ways. Only Moses, because Moses is intimate. Moses is saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to see your glory. God says, okay, I will make you know my ways. Not only will you have my ways, you'll also know my acts. You'll also do the miracles, but you will know me. I pray that we will be able to focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will see miracles. You will see some breakthroughs. But even when you see those miracles, may your eyes, may my eyes never be on the miracles. Oh, hallelujah. Still in the same chapter, this, this is not the only group that are looking for miracles. Let's just go on and you see this. The Bible, it's amazing because in this chapter, the Bible actually explains why people are following Jesus. Bible explains, says, you know, these people are all following Jesus, but these guys come because they want to see Lazarus. Let's let's move on. And, and, and another verse I want you to see in verse because uh, there's so many, but I want to see some something in verse. Is it verse? Is it verse? Uh, John chapter twelve. Verse 12, uh, no, 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 let's move on, verse, verse 17, the group that had been with Jesus when he called Lazarus out of the tomb 
and out of the tomb and raised him from the dead kept telling it so people kept talking about this miracle okay and and they were saying it in a good way they were witnessing to others verse 18 it was for this reason that the crowd went out to because they had heard that he performed miracles that's a good thing up to that point people are coming because they have heard about miracles now let's move on the bible says in verse 21 this came to philip who was from bethany and they said sir we wish to see jesus verse, verse 19 then the Pharisees said among themselves, you see how futile your efforts are and how you accomplish nothing. See, all these people are running after him. What am I saying? God knew. Jesus knew because he was God in the flesh. He knew why these people were running after him. They were running because they have seen the miracles. And immediately he turns around the conversation. And verse 23 says, then Jesus answered, said, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. But if it dies, it produces many more seeds. Philip has just come to Jesus telling him, Master, there are people who want to see you. But he turns them around. He says, I know you want to see miracles. But there's something bigger than. You have to be willing to lay down your life. You have to be willing to fall in the ground and die. As I bring this message to a close, friends, I want you to understand one thing. The, the, the journey of salvation is a journey of following. It is a journey of following Jesus, hearing his voice. That which breaks his heart, breaks our hearts. Carry his burdens. We go with him wherever he wants us to go. We begin to live as strangers on earth. Why are we strangers? Because the things that other people are motivated by, other things people that are driven by, is not what drives us. We are not just driven by the money and what we can get out of being with Jesus. We're not driven by the fame and what being with Jesus brings to us. We're not even driven by the miracles that Jesus can do for us. I mean, I like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. He said, we know our God is able to deliver us, but though he may not, will not bow down. I want us to finish this message by going to a book of Revelation. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Even as I share this word, I feel, I feel a cry in my spirit. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 4. I feel a cry from deep within my spirit. And God is calling us back to the place of following him.
there's a group that we read about in the book of, of, of Revelation. The Bible talks about them, and there's so many about them. These were the 144,000 that followed Jesus. Bible says these ones were not defiled relations with women, for they are celibate. But the point that I want us to look at is the next one. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. When you follow Jesus, you begin to understand his heart. You begin to know his ways. You begin to desire what he desires. And all these things will be added to you. Bible says, these have been purchased and redeemed from among men as the first fruits, sanctified and set apart for special service for God and for the Lamb. Unless we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will not be able to sustain our walk with Him. Because life is going to bring obstacles. There are going to be challenges. There is going to be betrayals. There's going to be all kinds of obstacles. Not everybody who came to Jesus stayed with Jesus. Everybody that came, there were crowds that were following him because they have seen the miracles. There were people that were looking after him like Judas because they knew they would get something. But thank God there was also a Mary who did not care about anything around. And she broke the perfume and worshipped. Who will shall we be? Will we be counted among those who just follow because we want to see miracles? Because we want to see what we can get? Or shall we be counted as one like Mary who is saying, Lord, I just want to worship you. is brought to you from Impact Church located along Parker Road at Polvi House, Third Floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words. Thank you.